2: at LuckyLandSlots.com.
1: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
2: On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. It's almost that time. Time for you to kick back, relax, and binge on some unturnoffable TV. You can start streaming the world's best shows on Binge, like Bowlers entourage game of thrones raised by wolves and loads more start streaming now with a 14-day free trial for new customers at binge.com.au binge it's unturnoffable
3: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cricket Unfiltered Winter Series. I'm your co-host, Andrew Mentzel. Joining me as ever is Paul Dennett. Paul, how are you? G'day, Metters.
1: Great to be here. How are you?
3: Very good. Excited to have Jai Richardson joining us on the podcast today. You just heard him taking wickets for the Aussie team. Jai, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you on. Um, you know, two years ago, you were the Bradman Young Cricketer of the Year. You played two tests for Australia. You were awarded a, an Australian contract this year. You must be feeling pretty good about things. Yeah, it's, it's
0: been a bit of a whirlwind um, last couple of years, really. It's sort of, you know, I, I guess I didn't struggle, but the mental side of playing shield cricket, all I wanted to do was get picked for Australia, and I was trying really, really hard. And, and it wasn't until a bit of advice from added Voges um, that, that sort of steered me in the right direction. You know, I was, I was trying to get picked so hard for Australia and I wasn't really enjoying cricket. I was probably not performing as well as I would have liked or expected, I guess. And then he sort of pulled me aside and said, mate, I can see you're trying too hard. Just let go and enjoy the game. And that's sort of when everything happened. When I started getting picked for one day, started getting picked in the test side, I just enjoyed cricket a lot more. I, I was performing better. I wasn't stressed about it. Yeah, and then I guess everything all came crashing down in Dubai when I did my shoulder. Um, and ever since then, it's just been sort of trying to get back on the right track, I guess, and, and trying to get back to playing test cricket.
3: I, I know you're sort of in the middle of your rehab at the moment. Um, how's it going?
0: Yeah, really, really good. So surgery 10 weeks ago today. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going really well. We've, we've taken a little bit slow just due to the nature of of what was done. But yeah, everything's ahead of schedule so far. So couldn't be happier and hoping to get back. I guess the the, the goal is December, big bash.
3: Fantastic. Now we're starting off our winter series by asking each cricketer a couple of questions. The first one is, you know, what's your best moment in cricket so far?
0: (sighs) Best moment. I think it would be easy easy to say cap presentation, um, baggy presentation. But I think if we look back a little bit further to, to junior cricket and my junior years, I think winning a title from where it all began at Janicott Lakes Junior Cricket Club, um, I think winning our first premiership there, I guess it's just reminiscing on, on where it all started and remembering um, where you came from, I guess. So I think winning a premiership at Janicott, definitely up there.
3: How old were you?
0: I would have been 13, I reckon. Would have been about thirteen, and then I think looking a little bit further, uh, winning a big bash title, and then yeah, baggy presentation. I think those three would be yeah, definitely my top three.
3: And then on the flip side, what's been the sort of hardest moment or the worst moment in cricket for you? Um,
0: I think stress fracture when I was about fifteen, because I think at around fifteen, all you want to do is just play cricket, and to miss a whole season through having a stress fracture, I think was extremely painful because I think at that age, all you want to do is be outside. All you want to do is go and run around, kick the footy, bowl cricket balls, hit the ball. Um, And I couldn't do any of that while I was going through that sort of rehab. So I think that would definitely be my worst memory um, just because of the length of it. I mean, I missed a whole year of cricket. So I think the magnitude of that at that age, I think would definitely be up there with, with not the best memory. That's for sure.
3: Yeah, that age, all, all, you're, all you're focused on is cricket, so if it's ripped away from you. I was watching um, Amazon's The Test before this and uh, saw you um, sort of describing the moment you got your first test wicket that, you know, it all sort of came together for you and, and settled the nerves. Can you just sort of take us inside that moment?
0: I think you're so nervous and so excited to play Test cricket But the other side of that is you always have these things running through your head. It's like, what if I don't take a wicket? What if I don't get picked next game? What if I get smashed around the park? You know, all of these negative things come into your head, which is natural because you're extremely nervous and it's the pinnacle, it's your dream, right? So I think getting that first test wicket was more of a relief more than anything just because, you know, okay, I'm here. I've got a wicket. I've actually got a stat next to my name. I think that's just... It allows you just to chill out and all these negative emotions sort of just run away because your job's, your job's not done, but it's, it's just a relief to get that wicket um, and know that it's been achieved sort of thing. Because I, I don't think, and there would have been heaps of guys that have done it, but you play your first test match, you don't get a wicket and then you never know if you're ever going to play again and you're ever going to get a test wicket again. So I think yeah, relief is definitely the big one.
3: And afterwards, there was a funny scene where you were checking your phone and you you know had 100 messages and 800 new Instagram followers, which I'm sure has just skyrocketed since then. How have you sort of adjusted to that sort of greater visibility that comes with being an Australian cricketer?
0: I think it's just understanding that, you know, everyone's got an opinion. Um, everyone's going to have something different to say about you. You don't perform. Someone's going to say something bad. You do perform. You can't get hung up on everyone saying nice things. I think you, it's really important to stay level-headed, you know, not getting too high, not getting too low. And also just understanding that everyone's watching you. You know, your social media, everyone's got an eye on you. Um, you do something out in public, someone's got an eye on you. So I think it's just a bit of awareness, social awareness, I guess.
3: Because Glenn Maxwell said that, you know, some of the stuff on social media can get to him. Has it ever got to you?
0: It, things like articles and... and news reports and things like that not so much um it's when you start getting private messages and going through your private messages that people send you I think can sort of hit hard a little bit because there's always going to be people that have something nasty to say and no no one ever likes seeing nasty things you know like I was saying before there's so many negatives um in the media but everyone having an eye on you can also have a massively positive influence you know when you walking through the shops or going for a run or walking through the park and a little kid comes up and recognises you and wants to have a chat and it makes his day, you know, those sorts of moments are the ones that really hit home um, and make you want to play cricket, I guess, because, you know, you, you can see that people look up to you and want to be like you. Seeing people in the nets, you know, wanting to go and join them in the nets because it would be a bit of fun sort of thing, I enjoy those sorts of things. I think, yeah, it's hard not to get caught up on
1: the negatives, but the positives from it. I think definitely outweigh it. Definitely,
3: it's a good attitude.
1: Just with regards to your um, relationship with Justin Lang, you've obviously had a lot to do with him from afar. He seems to have a knack of of getting players to take their games to a new level. Like Ed, Adam Voges and Marnus Labuschagne seem to have um, become better players for working with him. What impact has he had on on your career?
0: Yeah, he just pushes you. He he challenges you to become as good as you can be. You know, if he sees something, you know that potentially could be better or you're not doing to the best of your capability he will challenge you and he will speak honestly to you about it that's that's a big one that um jail sort of goes by is speaking honestly and having those hard conversations if he notices something he will tell you about it which i think is fantastic because i think sometimes people don't necessarily get that type of guidance
3: can you give us an example of something he's, he's suggested to you
0: i guess if you're just an example, say say you're not feeling quite right at training or, or whatever, and it just seems like you're going through the motions. he will you know he'll pull you aside and go, you know this is not what we're about we, we're here to train hard, we're here to train with purpose, we've got something in mind that we want to achieve, and everyone's going to be on the same page, I guess so he just um, he's a fantastic coach. He knows how to get the best out of people basically.
1: Uh, In terms of your own career, um, looking at, say, English fast bowlers of your age would have probably played many, many more games of first class cricket because they have so many more games. Have you ever been tempted, you know, if injury permits to want to have a a season in county cricket?
0: Yeah, I think definitely. Um, And I I still don't think it's off the cards yet. Obviously, this year is a little bit different going through my shoulder stuff. But, yeah, I think, you know, any experience is good and especially overseas experience. Duke ball in England, you know, that's quite important. You know, I've been over a couple of trips to India and I guess it's just knowing what to expect. The more you play in India, the more you know what to expect. I guess the more you play in England, the more you know what to expect with Duke's ball and and seaming wickets and that sort of thing. So I just think, yeah, I I think it, it would be great to be able to get over there for a season. If for anything um just the experience and and learning of it
3: you were saying before in your worst moment you didn't bring up the the shoulder injury or the dislocated shoulder in the UAE for all us fans heading into the world cup and the ashes it was you know really heartbreaking to see you ruled out of that winter uh, how was it from you, your point of view it must have been i don't know tough to say the word. it
0: was i guess the reason i didn't mention it is i think as you play a bit more cricket, as you get a little bit older, I'm still really young, obviously, but I think the maturity that comes with playing professional cricket, I guess you you learn to accept things that happen. And I had always said that I wanted to play that brand of cricket. You know, I, I wanted to be that guy that throws, throws himself around in the field, puts his body on the line because you're playing for your country. I always said that I wanted to be like that. And it was just unfortunate that, um, you know, that one incident, happened but if there comes a time again where I need to dive for the ball and my shoulders okay I'm gonna do it because that's just that's the brand of cricket I want to play for Australia that I want to put my body on the line to play for my country because that's all I've ever dreamed of so I guess that's probably the reason that I didn't mention it is because if I had to do it again I, I probably would because that's just the, mm. the way I want to play um I
3: the flip side is you don't want to be like Chris Lynn where you you end up with a shoulder that you can't dive at all.
0: No, that's right, that's right. So there's a bit of you know, there's two sides to the story there, isn't it? There's there's the way I want to play and there's the way that I might have to play. But we'll just see, you know, doing this rehab, everything's going good, so hopefully shoulders get back fine. Um and then I can sort of maybe not to that extent, but <laughs> sort of not, not be a liability in the field anymore, I guess
1: that's that's the best way to put it. You mentioned the trip to, to India. Uh, it was quite a an action packed few weeks there. Um, can you describe what it was like, the sights and sounds of India, and also, I mean, starting right off with that that first T twenty when you were out there for for the winning runs being hit, uh, must have been an extraordinary experience.
0: Yeah, it was it was extremely intense. It was quite funny because that that first shot, I remember that first shot that I played before, sort of in front of square. It was funny because all I was doing in the change rooms before I went out to bat was practising that shot. And <laughs> funnily enough, he bowled it there for me. So, yeah, that was an amazing feeling. I think the way to describe playing in India, especially T20s and one-day cricket, when there's so many people there, is just if you ever listen to music too loudly, your, your ears go a bit muffled. Yep. That is literally what it's like playing in India the whole wow. time. It's so loud. But then if we're doing really, really well, you can hear a pin drop. It's right. silent. So it's kind of two ends of the spectrum. They're either incredibly loud and you can't hear a thing or it's really, really quiet. So it's quite a contrast, but it's also if they're really quiet, you know, you're doing well. So that's almost the goal to have is keep the crowd quiet.
3: Did you feel like a rock star over there?
0: It's hard not to, because I guess, you know, when you're leaving the team bus to go to the grounds, there's... People lining the streets for a kilometre or two down the road. Everyone sort of wants a piece of your time. Everyone wants a photo. There's people in the lift waiting for you just to take a photo in the hotel, those sorts of things. So it's hard not to. But on the flip side of that, sometimes in India you just want a bit of privacy and and sometimes it can be hard to get. But yeah, it is really cool. India is a fantastic place. Um, the people there are awesome. They, they just love cricket, as we all know. Uh,
1: but yeah, it's it's really, really cool. And what about the one day? As You came in um, for the three successful one days where Australia uh, turned around a 2-0 deficit to a 3-2 th- victory. You had some success. You took some wickets. You also, like all the Aussie bowlers, copped a bit of punishment from time to time as well. What's it like bowling on those small grounds where it just seems like you've got almost nothing to to, to give when the, the batsmen are dominating so much?
0: Yeah, it's, it's really difficult as well because a couple of the grounds in India, um, you play at altitude as well. So the ball travels a hell of a lot further at altitude, so you know I think um, Bangalore from memory um, is at altitude, we played a T20 there, I know speaking about the one days, but just an example, you know smallish ground, and then the ball flies, so you kind of know that you might cop it a little bit but it's the same for both teams, right so we know that whatever, say we're bowling first, we know whatever score that they get we have to bat on the same pitch, we have to same boundaries you know the ball goes just as far so I guess it's even for both teams Um, but it is difficult as a bowler knowing that this could be the game that you go for 70 or 80 and not take a wicket because the wicket's so flat Um, it's tough but they're the challenges that you face being a fast bowler anyway it's just something that you have to come to accept and all you got to do is go out there and try your best for the team.
3: What What's the feeling like in, in the fast bowling group around the Australian team? You've got Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins, very tight from New South Wales, but it seems like with you and, and James Pattinson, there's a real unity among the fast bowlers. Just take us inside that.
0: Yeah, whoever comes into the team is incredibly welcomed. The fast bowling unit, they know and they respect that you're good enough to be there. They know that you've been picked for a reason. And it's not just them, it's everyone. Everyone in the Australian team knows that you've been picked for a reason. They trust the selectors and they trust you straight away. So there's no feeling of, oh, you know, this guy shouldn't be here or anything like that. They are incredibly welcoming. They'll do everything that they can to include you in everything that they do. So it's really good and it's really reassuring to know that you've got a place there and no one's going to be doing or saying anything to take that away from you it's all it's all just one unit like you said yeah it's good and and it's like it's almost like a little brotherhood really everyone supports each other really really well yeah it's just it's just a feeling of no one's ever going to do anything to to put you down basically
3: that's good Wes Agar said that he sort of really looks at the way Josh Hazelwood bowls as a sort of a model for him do you have any uh, bowlers that you kind of look up to
0: Having a little bit of experience playing with Paddy Cummins, it's sort of he's just the the textbook fast bowler. Really, he'll he'll do anything that Payney says. If he needs to come in and bowl one hundred and forty five, one hundred and fifty bounces to rough up a batsman, he goes, "Yep, absolutely, no worries, I'll do it." And then if he needs to come in and and bowl consistent outswingers to to try and nick off a batsman and build some pressure, he's like, "Yep, I'll do it." You know, he he's the class example of someone who's extremely adaptable. Um, he's an example of someone who's resilient. You know, he's been successful for so long now. I think just seeing how he goes about his business and how he can change his game to a specific situation is incredible. And that's something that I think every fast bowler should look for, um, is being able to be adaptable for what your captain needs and wants at that particular time.
3: Yeah, I remember watching him bowl against actually... Western Australia at the SCG last summer. And the wicket was doing nothing. It was just really hard to get wickets. Uh, WA was batting well. I think Sean Marsh was scoring some runs. And then Paddy just fired up before lunch and just got something happening when it didn't seem like there was anything going on and uh, changed the whole game. So I see what you, you mean. Also, I guess, from sort of the injury standpoint, he, like you, hadn't paid a lot of first-class cricket up until this age. But then once his body really sort of solidified and he grew into it, he's been a, a machine now
0: yeah yeah he has and i think that just comes with confidence i think the more that he's played um back to back and more consistently i think he's just been able to have more confidence in himself um to be able to to back it up i think there would have been a period there you know where he was probably worried about whether or not he was going to get through the next match um but now that he's strung some back to back games and he's played for a couple of years on the go now he's probably got confidence in his body to to do whatever is required.
2: It's almost that time. Time for you to kick back, relax, and binge on some unturnoffable TV. You can start streaming the world's best shows on Binge. Like Ballers, Entourage, Game of Thrones, Raised by Wolves, and loads more. Start streaming now with a 14-day free trial for new customers at binge.com.au. Binge. It's unturnoffable.
3: When you came into the Aussie side, I was at the um, press conference in Sydney when you were picked for the tour of South Africa. Um, You were all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. When you headed to South Africa on that harrowing tour, how much of a sort of, I don't know, a tough experience was it for you?
0: It was tough. It was, it really was. I think, you know, my, my girlfriend came over as well uh, and it just uh, the impact that it had on her as well, you know, media everywhere, media at the hotel, media following her media following us. It was just, it was hectic. Everything was happening.
3: Did your girlfriend get any kick from the crowd?
0: Nah, she, she didn't get anything um, too bad, but it was more away from the grounds, you know, the, the media being at the hotel and I feel like everyone, feeling like they couldn't go and do anything or or be seen anywhere. I think it was tough. But on the flip side of that, South Africa, if people haven't been before, and I'm going to go straight to a positive, South Africa is one of the most beautiful countries I've ever been to. So it was hard being in that situation, being in such a beautiful country, especially Cape Town. There's so much to do there, so much to see. Um, I just feel like we almost couldn't go out and do it. South Africa, Cape Town, The waterfront, the mountains, the the wildlife, everything is amazing. It's a beautiful country. And then, yeah, it it was unfortunate. It was very unfortunate. Um,
3: Did you learn a lot from that tour?
0: Yeah, it was very eye-opening. Looking back at it, as much as I would have loved to have gotten that last test match, maybe it was a blessing in disguise to to debut a little bit later. Um, Have that extra time to mature a little bit, figure out my game, yeah, maybe it was, maybe that was the big positive out of everything was, you know, having to wait a little bit longer.
3: Certainly a bit more upbeat at the Gabba than it was. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Definitely.
3: So you're known as a gamer. You love the PS4, same here. And um, are, you, are you still a teetotaler? Um,
0: what do you mean? What do you mean by that?
3: Oh, well, I just, I know that, um you don't, you know, when you came into the Aussie side, you said you didn't drink a lot. And I'm just curious if you still like that.
0: Yeah, still exactly the same. So I still, still look forward to getting back to my hotel room to, to go and play games and spend some time by myself. I know a lot of guys on tour hate going back to their hotel room because it's boring. But I guess with gaming, it just gives me something to do at any time of the day. Like if we're stuck at the hotel, then I've always got something to do. As for drinking, still exactly the same still don't drink and and I think now everyone's really respectful of that, which is really really good I, I don't feel any pressure to have to have a drink or anything like that um, everyone's quite happy offering a diet Coke here and there so all of all of that's still really really good, yeah still basically exactly the same
3: as I think yeah I think that's great because you know if- 15 years ago, 20 years ago, if you came onto the Aussie team and you said you weren't going to have a beer and want to look at you with shock and horror. You yeah. know, I know you're not the only teetotaler in the Aussie team and mm-hmm. Pete Siddle just retired. There's been a few.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's um, a good example. And, I, and I'm not trying to sort of talk myself up here or anything like that. That's not how I want to come across. But I think it's a good example for for any Australian who feels under pressure by their peers or anything, it doesn't have to be like that at all. And the Australian team's a, a perfect example of acceptance. You know, they have never questioned it. No one's ever put pressure on me to have a drink or or do anything I don't want to do. So I think it's it's just good to know. And if anyone wants to, you know, if anyone needs to look up to that or or have an example to sort of say, no, that's not what I want to be about, then I think the Australian team's perfect for that.
3: Just what video game are you playing at the moment?
0: Well, I'm stuck on Call of Duty at the moment. I'm in between games a little bit. Playing a bit of Rocket League, um, just in between. I'm I'm sort of in between games at the moment. I spent, it's going to sound bad, but uh, do you know Tom Clancy's The Division? Yes. So I played the first one for 2,000 plus hours. I was obsessed with that game. Um, And now, sort of since that's, didn't get into number two. And now, I'm sort of in between. Like, I don't have a game that I'm stuck on.
3: So I'm I'm sort of. Well, I just won the domestic one day cup with New South Wales.
0: (laughs) Perfect. Did you make your own character?
3: (laughs) No, I did enjoy batting his smudge though. Geez, He is pretty good. All right. So we're ending all these um, interviews, Jai, with a a quick sort of um, quiz. You become the god of the cricket laws. And so basically you get to decide on these rules. So, Paul, you kicked it off. All
1: right, firstly, um, what do you think of four-day tests? Um, a fan or not?
0: Uh, first thing that comes to my head is no. It takes away the traditional part of the game. I think five-day tests. And I think with four-day tests, you're probably going to see less results, aren't you? So keep it as five-day. Keep getting some results, I think.
3: What's about the number of international players in the big bash? I think it should be increased from two maybe to three or four per side. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I don't mind that. I think if it's going to bring more people to the game because they we've got more people that they want to watch, I think definitely, definitely bring some more in. But on the flip side of that, it takes away a couple of positions for our local guys too. So,
3: But you must gain a lot from playing with better players. I mean, you personally, if a you know, great import comes into the side, then you inherently improve a little bit.
0: Yeah, an amazing example of that was actually last year. Chris Jordan came in and he's got a healthy line of experience behind him. He was great, especially for for the campaign last year, just providing a bit of clarity because he was always at mid-on or mid-off. So he he would always sort of just give you that reassurance of what to bowl, when to bowl, um, just based on his experience. So he was fantastic in just providing a bit of clarity for our younger guys, me especially. So yeah, he was great. So I can understand bringing more people in i think it would be strengthening the competition but i also now that i think about it don't like the fact that it would be taking away a couple of positions from from our local guys who have worked hard to be there
1: comparing the wacker and the new perth stadium i was there when uh, you guys won the, the the big bash against the sydney sixers a few years ago the atmosphere was superb i haven't been to the new stadium yet but from afar it looks like maybe it doesn't quite have that same magic of the wacker do you you wish you could go back to the wacker
0: Partly, yes. Partly. But I think the stadium, the stadium is still really, really loud. I guess the thing that the, the Wacker brought, the sort of feel that the Wacker brought was all about sort of family sitting on the, the, the grass banks, um, sort of picnic style, all the fireworks and stuff. Because I feel like the Wacker was so open, it kind of just had more of a, it's hard to explain, like a uh more of like a relaxed vibe. It almost felt like you were playing not in a stadium. Does that make sense? Cricket.
3: Whereas, yeah. Not a football group. So I,
0: yeah. Yeah, exactly. But the plus side of the stadium, I mean, we're getting more people in than the Whacker. Um It's still just as loud. You know, you still feel quite engaged with the crowd. The crowd's still quite close. But, yeah, the Whacker. It's hard not to miss the Wacker, really. You know, with all the history and everything like that, it's hard not to miss it, for sure.
3: What about the Dukes ball? It's been scrapped for the upcoming Shield summer. Is that good or bad?
0: Um, I, the, the few times that I've bowled with a Duke ball, I've enjoyed it. Um, I think looking back, it, it would be fair to say that the bowlers enjoy bowling with the Duke ball a little bit more. I think it just keeps them in the game a little bit more. The few batters that enjoy, like, enjoy facing the Duke ball as well, you know, the guys that really embrace challenges. One that I can think of straight away is someone like Cameron Bancroft who embraces challenge here, loves facing juke ball. But I don't think, even with the juke ball favouring bowlers a little bit, I don't think the, the, the scores were hit too hard last year when we played with the juke ball. So I think I think it's good. I think it if, it if it makes the bowlers feel like they're in the game a little bit longer, then I'm all for it.
3: I'm disappointed that they've taken it away because I, I think that, the fact that it swings a bit more does give batters around the country, just that extra bit of a test sometimes. And if you go to a place like England, South Africa or New Zealand where it swings a lot, it's not going to be as foreign as it might've been.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And what about uh DRS in the big bash? Would you like to see that brought in? Well, I don't, I don't
0: mind it, I, but I think the reason why people like the big bash so much is because it's so fast paced. I feel like if there's a DRS decision, Yeah, it it creates a little bit of anticipation for the crowd, but I think it also takes away a little bit from the fast-paced nature of the game, potentially. You know, you sort of forget about bad decisions rather quickly anyway. I'm sort of on the fence about it. I I don't mind either way. Um, There's been a couple of decisions where I wish I had it, but there's also been a few that I wish we didn't. So it goes both ways, doesn't it? Um, I, I sort of yeah. yeah, it doesn't bother me either way. It's probably not something that will affect me. It's more about what other people think of it, I guess, whether or not they think it's going to take too much time out of the game or they want to see better decisions. I don't know.
3: What about the best batter you've ever bowled to? Who, who's, who's the one that just, you're right, this guy's got more time than anyone else?
0: You're at without an absolute doubt in the world. He bats with so much energy and you can just tell he's on a different level to anyone else you bowl, bowl to. Even in the Indian team, when you've got the Rohit Sharmas, um, all, all of those guys, he is on a different level. He hits the ball in areas that you just can't even imagine. Um, and he just, he's running between the wickets. He's, he's just full of energy. He's a little energizer bunny and he just runs and runs as much as he can. And he you can tell he pushes the other guys in the team to, to sort of step up when he's batting with them. It is unbelievable. He, he can change a game like that. Wow.
1: Has he got a real charisma about him out of presence?
0: You can just tell he's, from ball one, he's ready to fight. He's in the contest. And you. there was a few times I bowled to him in India, post our their Australian tour. And as soon as I'd come on to bowl, it's like he just wanted to take me down straight away. He was in the fight from ball one. And I felt like I was on the back foot straight away because he was just, his presence there was so full on. And, and like he was ready to come at me.
3: He, he made a hundred. So but that's a compliment yeah. for you. Cause you got him out a couple of times in the one days here. So he was obviously trying to assert his authority over you.
0: Potentially, potentially I, I kind of saw it a little bit different. I sort of saw it as, you know, I'm the young guy with a bit of beginner's luck sort of thing that that's kind of the way that I took his attitude that he's like, you know what, you're not, <laughs> you're you're still young. You're still unestablished. I'm going to, get on top of you and sort of destroy your confidence sort of thing. That's how I sort of took it from him.
3: Mm. Well, when you're bowling 145 clicks, it doesn't look like beginner's luck from the outside. (laughs) little FYI there. (laughs) Fair Uh, enough. Fair enough. Well, Jai, thank you so much for joining us on the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. It's been such a pleasure to have you. Um, Best of luck preparing for everything um, and getting back to bowling. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jai. And that was Australian speedster Jai Richardson joining us from Perth in Western Australia. And that's another edition of the Winter Series done, Paul. We've had some great talent so far. Really enjoyed this series.
1: Yeah, it's been great getting a lot of different perspectives, and great to talk to Jai Richardson. You have to think that with any luck, him still being in his early twenties, that the next five or six years uh, he could become um, a fixture of the Australian side in in Test matches and other formats. And so really exciting for years ahead. So great to talk to him.
3: Yeah, In a few years, there could be Wes Agar and Joe Richardson opening the bowling for Australia. Just want to remind you all, you can find us on social media at Oz Cricket Pod. That's AUS Cricket Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We're also on um, YouTube as Cricket Unfiltered. We have our our weekly show now going on YouTube every Thursday at 5.30. So tune into that live, but it's there all week for you to watch. And, yeah, thanks for listening to this edition of the Winter Series. Paul, thanks for joining me. Thanks, mate. Goodbye, listeners. Back soon.
2: It's almost that time. Time for you to kick back, relax, and binge on some unturn-offable TV. You can start streaming the world's best shows on Binge. Like Bowlers, Entourage, Game of Thrones, Raised by Wolves, and loads more. Start streaming now with a 14-day free trial for new customers at binge.com.au. Binge. It's unturnoffable. Looking for a new podcast to listen to? Here's what we love, courtesy of ACAST Recommends.
3: Hey, I'm Burt from The Burt Show. You have people on a show that really don't like morning shows. Stealing an entire school bus, I gotta be
2: honest, that is my dream still.
3: Why take initiative when you can take a nap?
2: I like keeping it real and I like keeping it gross.
1: (laughs) So we created a show that we really wanted to hear. It's real and it's
0: funny and we will talk about our personalized, we're not scared of anything. Okay, if
3: you want this prize right
0: here, you're gonna have to work for it.
2: What I love most about this show is everybody's vulnerability.
1: And though our perspectives may be different, we're... Working together is actually fun.
0: We put the fun in dysfunction. I think it's unlike anything that you've heard before.
1: The Burt Show. New episodes every weekday and the weekly top 10 on Saturdays. Listen to this show on ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: ACAST recommends Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring